Hey everybody, it's Pastor Will. Welcome or welcome back to the Brazos Fellowship Podcast. Thank you for listening today. And at the end of this episode, please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast if you aren't already. But more importantly, I hope the following presentation inspires you to take the next step in your faith journey. Enjoy. All right, good morning, everybody. It is so great to see you guys, and thank you for being here. Merry Christmas, by the way. We're down to one week. Some of you are like, okay, time to start shopping. Um, I hope there's stuff left for you. Um, but anyway, so this week, I want a couple of things I want to just remind you of as we near the end of the year. First of all, I want to ask you guys, we've done such an incredible job with the Big Give this year. I want to ask you also to not forget right here at home at Brazos Fellowship as we finish 2023 to finish strong. Whatever the commitment that you made this year financially to God, uh, I just want to ask you to honor that, that you would fulfill that commitment. Whatever percentage you're like, I'm giving this, whether it's 5% or you're doing a full tithe, 10%, some of you um, may have committed more than 10%. You know, where, where God is blessed a whole lot, it, it makes sense that you would be a blessing a whole lot, right? And so I just want to ask you to do the same thing that my wife Leslie and I do and our staff do, that we sit down at the end of the year and make sure we have fulfilled that commitment, that we've honored what we said we'd do to God for God and for the church. And so I just want to encourage you, take time to do that uh, before the end of the year. Also, next Sunday is Christmas Eve on Sunday. You may have already known that, but this year, because Sunday falls on Christmas Eve, how we normally would do it like Christmas Eve night services, we're going to keep our Sunday morning 9.30 and 11, these exact same time slots that you're at right now. We're going to do that next Sunday. So just wanted you to be aware of that. And then as already been announced, the next Sunday is going to be New Year's Eve and we'll be doing church at home. So don't come here. You'll be by yourself, okay? So just that Sunday, we're going to stream the service. I'm excited to get to share with you a message I've already recorded, have it all ready to go for you. And the band has done an amazing job with some worship. So anyway, check that out. But this week, leading up to Christmas Eve, I want to invite you, challenge you to invite friends, people that you work with, next door neighbors, family that may be in town, look for people that God may put around you that you could invite to church. And let me just tell you, this takes all the pressure off. Don't worry about whether they say yes or no, all right? That is not your business. All you and I are called to do is invite. Come and see. Come and, come and join. If you, and, and think about it like this. Let's say only 25% come, but if you invite 20 people, five people are going to show up. That's amazing. So just invite, just as you run into people, invite them. Hey, you should come with us Christmas Eve. Join us for uh, the service. Here's what we know about Christmas Eve. Much like Easter, people tend to be more open to the promises of God, and this might be an amazing day that God radically changes somebody's life that you know and it's just a simple invitation that could make all the difference. So be sensitive this week who God's put in your life that you could invite, you could text, you could email, you could invite them personally, give them a call, whatever. Check that out this week, please. Uh, and then, so this Sunday, we're going to be kicking off the second week in this series, Christmas is for Everybody. And we're going to talk about this idea that fearlessness is for everybody. 
Now, I know Christmas can tend to be anything but a fearless time for a lot of people. It can be stressful. It can cause a lot of worry. It can cause some anxiety. It can cause you to kind of spiral in a, a fearful direction, okay, let's say. And so we, we, we worry about our families. We worry about our kids. We worry about the decisions they're making. We worry about people that we love. We worry about people that are sick, we worry about all kinds of different scenarios in our life. Maybe it's family or friends or relationships. It tends to be a time of the year if you don't have a relationship, you tend to be a little more sad, a little more lonely. It's, it, we worry about a lot of things. We worry about our finances. We worry about the future going into an election year. Literally, God only knows all that's going to happen between now and next time at this year, at this time next year, right? But I'm not trying to scare you. I'm just trying to say that's the reality of the world that we live in is that there is a tendency to be fearful of things like that, right? So here's what I want us to do. I want us to take a look this morning at these four different times where the angels came and said, don't be afraid. Now, why did they say that? And who did they say that to, all right? Let's take a look together. They said that to Mary, they said it to Joseph. They said it to the shepherds. They said it to Zechariah, the father of John the Baptist, okay? So what fears did these people face? What fears did they face at the first Christmas? And I want to take a look at them together because I really believe you may say, wow, I have more in common with Mary or Joseph or the shepherds or Zechariah than I thought that I did. Maybe you have something in common with all four of them, but let's take a look at those together, okay? First of all, the first fear was Mary. Mary faced the fear of the unknown, okay? In Luke chapter 1, verse 29, we're told that the angel, Gabriel, comes to Mary, and he says, greetings, woman who is highly favored by God. And the next thing we're told is that she's confused and disturbed, which is a great definition for being anxious, being um, stressed out, being worried, Mary tried to think of what the angel could mean. And let's read the highlighted words together. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. His kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, but how, but how can this happen? How, I don't even have a category for this Gabriel, I don't know how this could even take place. Let me ask you, have you ever been in that place with your life, with, with trying to follow God as best you can, and you, you come to this place of all kinds of unknowns? Maybe today there is a fearfulness in your heart. If you think too long and hard about the unknowns of your future, it starts, to, you can feel it, like your blood pressure is starting to get up and your heart rate is going to raise up and uh, it's, it just, it creates stress in us. And it's amazing how, if you think about it long enough, your body viscerally, emotionally will begin to respond as if the thing that you're envisioning, the hypothetical situation is actually happening right now. And you might be one of those people that walks around. Your default setting is to worry and to go to those dark hypotheticals all the time. And there's always this low-grade or not-so-low-grade um, anxiety that you carry with you all the time. What do you do with that? We're going to talk about that in just a minute. 
The next fear is the one that Joseph had. And Joseph had, he faced the fear of rejection. Rejection. I think this is probably one of the most powerful shapers, one of the most powerful um, 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 powerful movers of people is the fear that, 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 that causes people to make decisions one way or another is the, the fear of what are people going to think? And are they, are my own family, the people that are closest to me, are they going to reject me? They're not going to understand? Are they going to completely like not want to have anything to do with me? That is a harsh reality that some people have had to live with. It is very hard. Here's where uh, Joseph had to face that. Matthew chapter 1, starting with verse 18. This is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. It goes on to say, Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man and did not want to, let's say it together, did not want to disgrace her publicly. So he decided to break the engagement. So he knew, if I break this engagement, she's going to become a disgrace to the community. Everybody will look at her and say, that girl is a disgrace. And because I'm connected to her, I'm going to be a disgrace. We together will be seen as a disgrace. People will take a step back. Hardly anybody will want to have anything to do with us. And he's worried about this. This is a very real concern for him. He's, he's laying there, he's, he's worrying, 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 and he finally dozes off, and here's what happens. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said. Goes on to say, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. You can trust what she has told you. It is actually what God is doing to reinforce, to, to buttress and support, give confidence to that you can move forward and I will take care of the outcomes of what anybody's gonna th think. Let me ask you this. Has there ever been a time where in your own spiritual journey for you to take the next step and go with God, there was some fear over what are people gonna think? Are they gonna understand are they going to reject me? Are they going to think I'm an idiot? Are they going to think that I, I'm crazy? What are you doing? You're just going to forgive them? You're just going to give? You're just going to do that? Just like that? Why? Why would you do that? There's nothing for you to gain in this. And you might risk being seen by some as a disgrace as you follow God. You won't be the first, okay? You won't be the first. This is exactly what Joseph was worried about, that rejection. Thirdly, the shepherds faced the fear of uh, sudden change. Let me ask you this. Have you ever made your plans, your plans maybe for a relationship or for the future, for your, your uh, semester, for your company, for your career, and your plans got completely hijacked, completely changed? It was like God didn't even care about your plans at all. Evidently, he had some other plans he wanted to do. Does that ever happen to you? Because it's exactly what happened to the shepherds. You're in good company. Luke chapter 2, verse 8 and following, it says, That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Like, in other words, it's a typical evening. 
It's just uh, business as usual. It was everything going according to plan. Then, suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of God's glory surrounded them. They were, let's say it together, they were terrified, but the angel reassured them, don't be afraid, right? That God redirected their plans. Have you ever had God redirect your plans? You don't have to raise your hand. I bet nearly everybody here has had God redirect their plans. I just want to encourage you. Maybe you're in the middle of that right now. Your plans are getting redirected. This is something that you did not plan on that is causing you to have to go a completely different route in life. I want to encourage you to trust God in the detour. That you would trust God that he's going to show you later in his good time that there's something you're going to gain through the struggle, the difficulty, that you would never learn otherwise. I know sometimes I would love to say, God, can you just give me a book? Can I just learn it like that, right? That would be great, wouldn't it? Can I just go to a conference? Can I just watch a YouTube, uh, you know, something? Like, wouldn't that be great? But God says sometimes the only way you will learn this is by experience. And it is profound, and it will change you. It will shape you. It will change your identity. It will change your ability to relate to other people and to be able to encourage them through a similar struggle in their life. But God can be trusted through it. This is where the, the shepherds found themselves. And finally, Zechariah, he faced the fear of being overlooked by God. Again, I won't ask you to raise your hand, but have you ever felt like that? Maybe in some area you have prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed, and you're like, ah, it feels like God is not listening. It feels like he's forgotten about me. And we forget sometimes that God does answer to prayer. He, sometimes he says yes, sometimes he says no, sometimes he says wait, not right now, not right now. We don't like that. We don't like that. And this is exactly what was happening to Zechariah and his wife Elizabeth, who was a relative of Mary. They had prayed and prayed for not just years, but decades. And they were much like Abraham and Sarah of the Old Testament. They were well beyond what is documented in the gospel, well beyond childbearing years. They were way too old to have babies. And all of a sudden, Zechariah, this a priest at the temple in Jerusalem, he's doing his priestly duties, and here's what happens. This is verse 11 of Luke 1. While Zechariah was in the sanctuary, an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing to the right of the incense altar. Zechariah was shaken and overwhelmed with fear, right? It was fear that gripped him when he saw him. But the angel said to him, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid, Zechariah. And I love how he reassures him. He says, don't be afraid, and here's why. God has heard your prayer. He has heard all those prayers, all that time, all those years that maybe you were questioning, you're wondering, is God listening? Is God going to ever do? Is God going to? I don't know, but we're going to trust Him anyway. You ever prayed that? You ever been like that? Where you prayed over and over and over and you wondered if God would ever respond? Zachariah and Elizabeth can totally relate to where you may be right now. So here's the next question we gotta ask. Maybe you're struggling with one of those fears today. What are we supposed to do? How can we defeat the fears that tend to wanna hold us back? 
You're struggling with one of those right now. You're going through it. Maybe you're saying, all four of those will. I got like some version of all four going on in my life right now. Let me give you, right now, here's what I want to do. I want to give you three things that are taken from the account of the Christmas story that can help you, that the people of that Christmas story did, that helped them to become fearless, that you can too. It's possible, but you got to be willing to put into practice these things. You can start this today, and I guarantee you it is going to help you to begin to move forward with less fear, anxiety, worry, begin to trust God more. Here's where we begin. Number one is that we surrender Surrender my life, surrender your life completely to God every day. Now that seems so simple, but it's simply waking up and saying, God, you're in control. You're the one that I'm going to follow today. I'm, I, I want to partner with you on everything I'm about to do. Every meeting, every conversation, uh, the way I invest my time, everything. And this is not a crippling burden. This is just simply saying, God, I want to invite you in the middle of all that's happening in my life because I cannot figure it all out and I know you can and I love how we see Mary respond after Elizabeth her relative speaks basically reinforces everything Gabriel had told her and speaks this truth over her this is how she responds to Elizabeth Mary said I am the Lord's servant I'm sorry this is Mary responding to Gabriel she says, I am the Lord's, let's say it together, servant, okay? In other words, she's telling us about a relationship. I'm recognizing you're the master, I'm the servant. And, and, and that's going to change the way in which I conduct my life. And here's how it's gonna change everything. I am willing to do whatever he wants. I'm gonna live my life in as a servant to whatever God wants because he is the leader and I am the follower, which is ultimately what a disciple is. Jesus called those who followed him. The first word he gave was not Christian, it was disciple, which just means follower, pupil, learner. I'm gonna do what you do, Jesus. I'm gonna speak the kind of things you would speak. I'm gonna ask the question, Jesus, if you were in my place, doing what I do every day, how would you do it differently than I do it? How would you have me do this? And what we find is there's great freedom in that. But we live in a world and a culture that says, not, not willing to do whatever he wants, but telling us the freedom is you do whatever you want with whoever you want, whenever you want. But what we have learned and what Jesus was clear about, that is the path to destruction. That will destroy the human heart and it will short circuit what God wants to do in your life and it very well could end your life early. Just do whatever you want. You want to fast track to destroying your marriage, your career, your spiritual life. You just do whatever you want. Jesus is saying the true freedom power from the fearfulness and anxiety that's so pervasive in this life is to learn how to live in submission to the master, to the leader, to learn every day to wake up and say, whatever you want, God, I will follow you. You are the leader. You are the master. And it's incredible how you will break, it will start to create great breakthroughs for you spiritually. 
As a matter of fact, any area that you want to have God bless, this is some of the best advice I ever got as a young follower of Jesus Christ from a pastor, mentor of mine. Any area you want God to bless, just put him first. You want to bless your finances? Put God first. Honor him with the first fruits. You want him to bless your marriage? Put him first. You want him to bless your kids? Put him first. Your career? Put him first. And as you pursue him, he'll show you what that means. As you ask the question, what do you want me to do, God, that I'm not already doing? How do you want me to follow you? There's some, such freedom in that. Now, next I want to share with you one of the oldest books of the Bible, the book of Job. When Job was going through the middle of his dark valley, he had some friends that came alongside him, and they said a lot of idiotic things, if I can be honest with you. They said a lot of horrible things that were not very helpful, but there is this one bright, shining moment from one of his friends, Zohar, Zophar, rather, Zophar, in Job chapter 11, verses uh, 13 through 18, he shares this beautiful secret of how to be fearless in the middle of a circumstance that was going off the rails and was so hard to navigate. I love what he says. He says, surrender, let's say the highlighted words together, surrender your heart to God, turn to him in prayer. Give up, give up your sins. Like turn from, this is another way of saying repent. Turn from your sins and turn towards God. Give him your whole heart. And the heart is simply the seed of our desires. It's what we really want God, I want what you want, right? Then you won't be ashamed. You will be confident and fearless. Wow, that's beautiful. And he says, your troubles will go away like water beneath a bridge. What a beautiful metaphor. Water beneath the bridge. And your darkest night will be brighter than noon. You'll rest safe and secure. Let's say it together. Filled with hope and emptied of worry. If, if there was a pharmaceutical prescription drug on the market that could, prompt, could do this, you would be a multi-billionaire, right? And what he's showing us here is this is possible. People, anybody could do this, just so few are willing. You, you gotta turn your heart to him. You have to surrender to him, to surrender to God. It is the path to freedom. It creates great spiritual breakthroughs in our life. And maybe, just maybe, ladies and gentlemen, this Christmas, 2023, the breakthrough for you is just honestly from the bottom of your heart, maybe with tears coming down, that you would just get honest to God and say, God, I'm sick of making it about me. I'm doing whatever I want, expecting you to bless that, and that's not how it works. I gotta put you first if I want you to bless. So I'm asking you, Lord, please guide me in these things. Help me to trust you so that I might have confidence and I might be fearless, so that I'll be filled with hope and emptied of worry. I'm so sick of living with worry constantly, just worried, sick all the time about all kinds of things that I can do very little about. But to trust God, this is the path, ladies and gentlemen, to fearlessness. Here's the second one. Fill my mind, fill your mind with music that praises God. You might not have expected that one to pop up, but you see it throughout the Christmas story. And still to this day, we celebrate God with music. It's so powerful how music has a way of speaking to our soul. 
I think that's why we love music so much. And I'm sure you have your favorite songs and your favorite musicians because it speaks to something down at the core of who you are. And when we leverage that for God, the, our creator, the one who put us here, it is awesome what it can do for us spiritually. Now let's take a look at this incredible um, praise that Mary gives after she has spoken to Gabriel, she's spoken to Elizabeth, and then she breaks out into song, what has come to be known as the Magnificat of, of Mary. It's found in Luke chapter 1, verses 46 and following. And Mary said, with all my heart, I praise, I praise the Lord, and I am glad because of God my Savior. That's why, that's why I'm glad, because of God my Savior. He's the one saving me. He's the one who is bringing salvation into my life. God cares for me, his humble servant. From now on, all people will say, God has blessed me. God all-powerful has done great things for me. I just want to encourage you. Maybe today, especially over the, over the next several days, take time to praise God. It is so good for your soul. Take time to praise Him for the good things He has done for you. Take just a moment to remind yourself of all the blessings, the incredible things. He, it's so easy to focus on what He has not yet to do. And you miss sight of all the things he has done, what he has provided. And praise him for who he is, God all-powerful. He's in charge. He's in control. And he can be trusted. Would you be willing to do that? Now, who praised God at the first Christmas? Well, Mary praised God. She sang and praised God. Elizabeth sang and praised God. The angels sang and praised God. The, the shepherds sang and praised God. Zachariah! saying and praised God. And it's beautiful to see how God used these moments to, to fill their heart with courage that it's going to be okay and God is with me. And it's, he's going to work all this out. Even though I can't figure it all out right now, it's okay. And that we need songs that remind us that Jesus is our living hope who takes away all our fears in this life. He calms our anxieties. I love this line from the old um, Christmas hymn, O Little Town of Bethlehem. And if, I, I'd love for you to sing it with me right now, okay? Now, I'm not going to sing real loud, or you'll see why I never get invited to come sing with the band, okay? So here we go. The hopes and fears of all the years are met in thee tonight. It's still true. It's still true. Generations upon generations of people have found that to be true. It's the reason why we keep singing these songs because they are on, built on the bedrock of God's truth. Our hopes and fears through all the years are met in thee, in you, Jesus. You're the only hope. You're beautiful. Here's number three. Base all my hope on the promises of God. The promises of God. And what I mean by base our hope is that we act on it. We put it into practice. I love when Elizabeth is telling Mary, this is Luke chapter 1, verse 45, at the end of their conversation that was recorded for us right there, Elizabeth tells Mary, you are blessed. Why? Why is Mary blessed? Let's say it together. Because you believed. 
that the Lord would do what he said. You believed it. You acted on it. You trusted it. You put the weight of your trust in him, not in yourself and your ability to figure it all out. Because she was like, no way. I can't even fully understand. I don't even have a category in my teenage brain for what God is about to do. But I trust him anyway. I trust him anyway. And she says, because of that, you are blessed. And you and I can be too. I love what David said in Psalm 56, verse 3 and 4, where he's telling us, let me show you the secret of how God taught me how to be fearless, how to face giants, to stare down lions, because I bet you're probably facing a giant of some sort in your life right now, that there's something that's got you scared. We don't know how it's going to turn out, but like David, we can trust God. Here's what he said, but even when I am afraid, I keep on trusting you. Now, I love that David shows us that you can hold both of those. You can be afraid and continue to move forward in faith and trust in God. Just because you're afraid doesn't mean you're not a person of faith. It just means that the circumstance is kind of scary, but you're going to trust God anyway. You're going to keep moving forward. You're not going to let this fear define your reality. You're not going to let all your decisions get made on the fear, but rather you're going to move forward making decisions based on the one that you trust, that you know he's in charge and he's in control and he can be trusted. He says, I praise your promises. I base my life, this is the bedrock of my life, is the promises of God. I praise your promises. I trust you and am not afraid. I'm not going to live as a man scared to death all the time. I'm going to trust you. See, David here sharing with us a secret that God taught him through all of the opposition that he faced. And he didn't get it right all the time. Let me just ask you, where are you facing great opposition in your life? A Goliath? Something that's got you scared? Something that you're facing right now? Where is that? And maybe you need to take this very verse, this very prayer, and say, God, I trust you. Even though I'm afraid, I'm trusting in you. I praise your promises, and I trust you, and I am not afraid. I'm not gonna let my fear be my master and dictate what I'm going to do next. Would you be willing to do that? Now I want to share with you the greatest promise, I think, given to us in Scripture. Maybe the most famous verse in all the Bible. John chapter 3, verse 16. And here's what Jesus said. He says, and let's read the highlighted words together. He says, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that Whoever believes, again, whoever places the trust, the, put the full weight, lean the full weight of their belief, their trust into him, shall not perish, but have eternal life. Now think about it like this. I take the stool right here and I say, you know what, ladies and gentlemen, this stool is well constructed. Like it's got hard, you know, iron metal structure to it it will hold my weight it'll hold your weight and i explain all about it i do such a good job of selling you on these chairs like everybody takes a turn sitting in the, the stool we all prove that yes it will in fact hold up everybody's weight 
And let's say, man, it, was, it, it does so well that now I write a book about it, it becomes a bestseller, I travel all over the world telling people, like, you can trust the chair, you know? I have conferences about it, and like, people flock to hear about the chair, and, but I never personally sit in the chair. I, I have been an incredible evangelist for something that I have never taken advantage of. And what I'm describing to you is sadly how many people treat their Christianity, their faith in God. Oh, they talk a good game. Man, they will sell you, they'll tell you testimonies and crazy stories and incredible stuff, but there's still areas of their life they're like, eh, yeah, I don't think I'm going to give that over to God yet. You've never fully put the weight, leaned all your trust and said, I'm trusting you, God, with this relationship, with my future, with my finances, with my sexuality, with my my, my, my spiritual life fully, eternity in your hands, forgiveness of sins. And I want to encourage you today, this may be the next step for you, maybe to become a disciple, a follower of Jesus Christ, and you've never done that before, or you are a follower. But if you could be so brutally honest with yourself and God right now, there is an area of your life you have been withholding sitting down. And you might have even told other people how they can sit down. And, how, and they've even taken you up on it. And you almost feel silly that you would admit this, that you haven't actually trusted God yourself in this area. But it's time. Today is the day to move past that fearfulness into fearlessness with him and to find that he is trustworthy. If you would right now, I want to invite you to, to pray this prayer with me simply saying, Lord Jesus, I bring you my fears and my worries. What, is, what has got you fearful? What has got you worried? What is creating anxiety, got you anxious today? Bring it to him. I choose to completely surrender to you today. I praise you and base my hope on your promises. I want to grow in this, God. I want to trust you. I want to encourage you, please bring him whatever is causing you fear and worry right now. We're going to go into a, a moment of prayer together. I want to encourage you to tell him, I place the full weight of my trust on you right now. If you would, let's bow together in prayer. And whatever God is nudging your heart to do, would you have the courage, the faith to move forward even though you may still be scared? That's okay. David proves you can have both of those things and still grow spiritually. Right now, Lord, we come before you. We thank you so much, God, that we don't have to live as prisoners to the things that have got us worried and fearful, anxious. God, right now, we bring them to you it's a situation with a person. It's our finances. It's our future. It's our career. There's an unknown out there, God, just like Mary faced. You never thought you had anything to do, had anything in common with Mary, and now you realize you absolutely do. Maybe it's the fear of rejection, the fear of being overlooked, the fear of having your plans completely change. Would you just tell him right now, God, here's the thing that's got me derailed. Here's the thing that's got me just stalled out spiritually. I don't want to live like this anymore. I want this Christmas to be a breakthrough time spiritually. Here's how you do it. Trust him. Say, God, I'm going to move forward in spite of my fear. I'm going to trust you in spite of my inability to figure out how to 
how this is all going to turn out. I'm going to trust you anyway. Would you tell him right now, God, I trust you anyway. I trust you anyway. I trust you for this marriage. I trust you for these kids. I trust you for our finances. I trust you for our future. I trust you that whatever's going to happen over the next year, five years, ten years, whatever it is, God, I place it all in your hand and I trust you. You can be trusted. You can be trusted. We surrender to you right now. And if you're telling him, God, I trust you with this, would you just lift your hand right now? All across this room, there's something. God bless you. Hands going up all over. I'm trusting God with something right now that's just got you mm, anxious. It's got you a little worried. It's got you upset. Give it to him. God, I give this to you. I'm not built to carry this burden, but you are. I give it to you. And I trust you with it. I trust you with it. You may lower your hands. And for anyone who can hear my voice online, here in person in the room right now, that would honestly say, I don't know where I stand with God. I don't think I have ever fully placed the weight of my trust in God for my eternity, for his gift of salvation. And today is the day. You know God is nudging your heart. And right now is the time. Would you pray right where you sit? You say, Jesus, I invite you into my life. I give you all of me. This is the reason for which you came to earth. This is why Christmas is so special. God came to earth to set us free, to rescue us. Would you just tell him, Lord Jesus, forgive me of all my sin. Everything I've ever done, said, or even thought that goes against your holiness, your perfection. Please forgive me and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. And now that I am clean from the sin, I invite you into my life to be the leader of my life, just like Mary said. I am your servant, you are the master. I am the follower, you are the leader. Would you tell him that? Forgive my sin and be the leader of my life starting right here, right now. And in this moment, ladies and gentlemen, a prayer before God, if you just ask Christ to forgive your sin and be the leader of your life for the first time, meaning it with your heart, would you just lift your hand as an act of faith? I want to pray for you. Anybody here, I'm giving it over to Jesus. I'm trusting him right now. Anybody here? God bless you. Right back over here. I see that hand. I see you, sweetheart, right there. Anybody else? God bless you, sir. I see you right back over here. Anybody else? Giving my heart, my life completely over to Jesus Christ right now. I see you right there, sir, in the top of the balcony right there. God bless you. I'm right back over here. God bless you, ma'am. I see you. I'm holding that sweet baby right there. Thank you. God bless you. Anybody else? Father, we thank you so much for your love. Thank you that Christmas is so much more than the world around us realizes. It is the gateway, God, to your salvation. It is the open door of heaven to humankind. It is the announcement of news that is great joy for all the people. If we would just place faith in you, trust you, surrender to you, we love you, God. May you use our life to shine forth your glory 
while we still have time before we get to spend eternity with you. We pray it all in the wonderful name of Jesus that everybody said, amen. God bless you guys. We'll see you back on Christmas Eve. Bring somebody with you. Once again, thanks for listening. If you live in the Brazos Valley, we would love for you to engage with us at one of our weekend services. For directions, service times, and information about our fabulous children's and student environments, visit us at brazosfellowship.com. That's brazosfellowship.com.